You are listening to Season 1 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics that are relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, and welcome to Episode 4 of Reframe Your Life podcast. My name is Joanne, and I'm here with Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Joanne. How are you today? I'm going well. I'm going well. How about you, Sandy? You've had a, a pretty challenging, uh, emotionally driven week. Do you want to yeah. share what's been going on? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, my mother-in-law passed away this week, so she was 95 years old. She'd lived a very full life, and, um, you know, it was sudden but not unexpected at 95, and so it was very emotional. I been uh, she's been a part of my life for over 30 years and um, so lots of family gathering and saying our goodbyes and remembering all of her life and yeah those things very very um, meaningful and rich times but very very exhausting emotionally as well Mm. it often causes us to kind of take time to pause too at the same time we were in the midst of launching our podcast and uh, yeah, it just kind of makes you think, you know, what's important and we still want to maintain and move forward in, in what we're doing, but uh, it also, yeah, you need to take that space away to be with family. Yeah. So was um, happy that I have a flexible job. So <laughs> I'm able to do that because it was the week um, before she passed away, she was in palliative care. So there's lots of hospital visits and, you know, it's it's a luxury to be able to have the kind of schedule where you can go during the day and do those kinds of things and come home and and still have a little bit of time to to manage the business you know so it was good i'm i'm really i love flexibility it's probably one of my most important things in in my uh, career choices <laughs> i need to have a life that's flexible <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well, I had a, uh, I had a great week. I, I caught up with a friend who I haven't spoken to for a long time. And, you know, you have those friends in life who you reconnect with. And we were able to do it on Skype, which is always, I find, uh, certainly for me, um, always good to be able to see the other person as well. And, you know, partway through the conversation, she's like, you know, I just really love how we can go for a while without speaking, but then we can just reconnect like we were just chatting yesterday and going out for dinner and having wine yesterday. That's great. Uh, those friendships are are so wonderful where you can just pick up where you left off and not feel like there's a big gap if you don't see each other and talk to each other all the time. It's great. Yeah. It was just really nice to to hear that, and I thought the same because – me and my personality type, which we're talking about personality types today, <laughs> personality <segue>. styles. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I can. I mean, I'm a connector. I'm very much a connector, so I love connecting with people. Um, but I guess in my profile, I'm, I'm, I'm less on the feeler side and more on the thinker side. So it's more about oh I haven't spoken to that person for a while let's get in touch and and not holding anything against anyone or anything like that it's just oh you know let's catch up I'd love to catch up kind of thing <laughs> that's great I think that's um, a good way to be I was 
thinking when you were starting to talk a little bit about that, how this is kind of a funny side story, but my sister had gone to a school reunion and, uh, she said that people were like, oh, it's so great to see you. I'll have to add you to Facebook. And she was like, no, don't. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you said that? And she said, yeah, I just said to them, you know what's going to happen. We're going to message each other back and forth for a couple of times and tell each other about everything in our life. And then we're not going to talk anymore. So she said, I just feel like there's a reason we didn't keep in touch. And you know, for whatever reason, we have enough people in our life. So let's not like try and create this Facebook friendship. (laughs) So I don't know what her personality type is, but it's definitely direct. (laughs) So on the social styles, personality type, she'd be the director. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For sure. Just say it like it Um, is. So you and I, we've we've been, uh, I mean, we both love learning about different personality styles and personality assessments and I was going through I know you've got a huge list Sandy I was going through my list of skills finder the taste have you heard about that I pulled that out no the attentional the attentional and interpersonal style inventory Whoa. <laughs> measures leadership qualities and um that was a fascinating one and I have to say I'm not, not sure that was uh one I got the most value of still fine I've done 360 reviews as well um right but we've both delved a lot into the MBTI yes which I know is what you do a lot of work with yes yeah I was looking at them too I mean I've done the Berkman I've done the Colby <laughs> the disc the there's one I've used caliper So Caliper is, I I did this um, when I worked in a corporate environment, and it it also is a styles. It really tells you, I came out entrepreneurial on it, so I realized it wasn't going to last in the corporate environment very long, so (laughs) I, I think they should use it for recruiting and just not hire people for certain roles if they have entrepreneurial skills or, or, uh, style. Um, the Enneagram is one that I've looked at in the last few years. It's a really old, like some people say it's the first personality assessment. It's like from like 300, you know, years Mm. or not 300 years ago, like from the year 300. So it goes way, way back to like early Greek society. And it's an interesting one. Um, but I use the MBTI. That's sort of my go-to one that I use. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, the social styles uh, one. And, and I love the MBTI. We we did a lot of work with that through our, um, through our degree. And I definitely find that in depth. When I'm working with clients, I mostly use the social styles. And that one is more of a kind of a quick assessment that individuals can do of themselves, but mainly to for them to help interact better, influence people in their lives and in their relationships. So the, there's kind of four main styles, analytical, where you tend to ask questions and the focus is around accuracy, but then other people see them as slow-paced and detail-oriented. <laughs> um Amiable style, which to me is more like the feeler of the uh, the feeling 
portion of the MBTI. You know, it's more around relationships and feelings and people see them friendly and, and warm, I guess. And the expressive style is is generally me. People speak uh, assertively and express their emotions and openly engage with others. Um, and then the driving style, uh, which is about control. People like to control the situation. They focus on the big picture and they focus on results. But then the opposite to that is people see them as efficient but not concerned about relationships or feelings. So I kind of focus on those ones. But the MBTI, I, I love because of the in-depth um, analysis of it as as well. And so how have you used the MBTI, well, both in work, I guess, and in your personal life, Sandy. <laughs> right. So I first was introduced to the MBTI probably 30 years ago or or more. I was um, – a friend of mine got certified to, to do it that long ago. And so she took a few of us through the the assessment. Back then it was like a paper assessment. You self-scored yourself. and But I came out the same as I still test, which is interesting – so I have found it really helpful in relationships. It was very good for me to understand my husband Brian's style because he's very different than I am. And so I, I've used it myself in marriage counseling with with couples. I've used it in coaching one-on-one. -on -one. I've used it with teams. And I find it very helpful in a lot of different, you know, for a lot of different applications. So for self-awareness, for relationships, or for team development, it's, and in mm. leadership development as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, and what I like is I like delving into these things, you know, in, in a combination of ways. So looking at MBTI, looking at, done the colors as well, the uh, social styles, because I think, we can always continue to learn because learning about our personality to me, it's it's about how we innately or learned as we've got uh, as we've grown and socialized through our years, want to function, what our personal preferences are, but also recognizing when we're in relationship with other people that that may not be their preference and it may rub them a different way. Uh, they may assume some things. And really about learning how to better interact with people. And I, I totally use it with my husband as well. And, you know, I asked him the other day, <laughs> I said, when you're thinking, can you tell me that, can you just at least acknowledge that you've heard the question <laughs> <laughs> and just say, you know, okay, here, here, just got to think about it for a, for a moment. And I don't know whether that drives introverts crazy but of course me being more expressive more extroverted I'm like I asked you a question why haven't I got an answer immediately especially with my personality profile type very quick to make a decision right so when I'm working with someone who isn't quick to make a decision um it you know all I want to know is that they're thinking about it because exactly. of course I've done a lot of I've done a lot of self-reflection and I've learned now that and I've done a lot of learning and I know some people may take a little bit longer and that's good because they take a little bit longer and their strength may be to think through some things a little more than, than I've done. So, right. so I love it in relationship with, with people and it sounds really weird to say with our partners but honestly, I think, Sandy, I think it should be part of marriage counseling. I really oh, do. I agree. I actually think that it's 
probably something that's really in many ways saved my marriage. I know that sounds really dramatic, but Brian <laughs> is very different in even yesterday he said somebody asked him about his mom and asked if he was going if she was going to be cremated and what they said was to Brian was so I assume your mother's going to be cremated and he said to them well why would you assume that like just <laughs> and that's just a typical Brian response like he just he doesn't and I said you said that to them because I would feel <laughs> like that would make that person feel bad because I'm a feeler because you're a feeler yeah and he was like like it never even occurred to them that he to him that the, they might feel bad with him responding like that and I was like well maybe they wouldn't but I I would just be worried about hurting their feelings like yeah I, you and, know it's so yeah, funny totally. and I remember people asking me you know as you grow up people you know oh does this look good or what should I do with this and, and I just give them a pretty much straight up direct answer you right because you're you're the same type as Brian in that <laughs> yes, in that right. dichotomy you're a thinker so you you just say the answer right you're not so worried about it whereas now I can reframe it a little bit different and um and even how you and I work together too you know I know that you're a, a more on the feeling side than me but of course, we've built a great relationship, but it comes to my mind every now and then, oh, okay, you know, if I want to postpone, how might, you know, how might, or whatever this decision might be, how might that affect Sandy? How can we approach this in an open way so that we both have a good conversation about it, you know? Right. Um, so reflecting on how I might need to uh, adapt and, and make sure that there is some uh, opportunity for good conversation. And, and that's it, you know, I, I think some people get negative about these personality styles because they think, well, we've just got to change, it's about changing. And to me, I don't know, it's, it's more about awareness and then adaptation for the intention of being able to work or interact effectively with others. Well, you know what, I, okay, first of all, I didn't think anyone ever had to adapt to to talk to me so that was really enlightening there <laughs> I just think I'm so easygoing that you know but there you go there's learning for me that maybe you have to adapt to work with me so I gotta go think about that it's it's the way how these things are helpful is they give us the um, tools to to recognize our differences so um, I'm, I just was thinking I'm a sucker for all kinds. We're going to talk a little bit about the MBTI, but I am also a sucker for BuzzFeed. Have you ever seen those on Facebook and online yes. assessments? Like what Star Wars character are you? Have you seen those where they just have yeah. like ridiculous things? So yesterday somebody posted on Facebook, what band are you? And you fill out this, this um, assessment and then it tells you what, band you're like like I'm like Aerosmith I don't oh, know what that means yeah. what does that mean <laughs> I don't know what that means Sandy <laughs> I like Aerosmith <laughs> Aerosmith I don't and know I, I, I will look that one up and send it to you maybe we can put a link in our show notes for some fun for people but there you go so um, but let's go back to the MBT I just but, had to share that one with you because it was so crazy 
So anyway, I, oh, I am the Aerosmith of this <laughs> duo, this podcast duo. So I remember how we've used knowledge of our personality styles in terms of working together. And my very first experience of that was working with a feeler who couldn't get direct when she needed to draft letters or speak to people. And, and you think of it if you're a manager or you, know, or you have to work with a team of people. And she couldn't speak directly enough, I guess. So she would come to me when she wanted to pare down her speaking notes or her letters to get a little bit more to the point. And then I would go to her if I had to make a decision and talk through, okay, how how might this impact someone else and what do I have to be mindful of? And not that it's going to change the decision I make, but it might change the way I deliver the decision, for example. And I remember you coming to me one time saying that you had some feedback from someone. And so you wanted me to you wanted me to either agree or disagree with the feedback. So you wanted a direct, what do you think? And and that was because that was a learning moment for you. And you wanted to hear whether other people thought that or whether that was just from that one person. So you came to someone who would give you that direct, honest opinion, I guess, rather than who may play, I don't know, play it down or whatever. Right. And that's so important because, and that's one of the things about knowing other people's strengths and... And finding someone. So if I'd gone to someone who was more like me, who might be worried about hurting my feelings, and they might cushion things in a way that it's the learning isn't there for me. But I appreciate when I go to someone who has more of a thinking preference, and they'll, which is more around being a little bit more direct and not being as worried about. Um, harmony and all of those parts of a relationship that they'll just say this yes there's truth in this you are like that (laughs) it's you know yeah not to hurt me but just to to give me the truth right so whereas I tend to at times couch it you know I, I try to cushion people from being upset and um yeah I I so I find that um is a very interesting difference, the thinking and feeling preference in the Myers-Briggs. So the, uh, and you mentioned extrovert and introvert, which is mm. another huge one as well. And you, you and Ashley, Brian and I are both extroverts, but I'm definitely more introverted in the extroversion. Yeah. So um, I think that's another way, another dichotomy. And then one where you and I are really different is sensing and intuition. So you you are an S in the Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. and I'm an N, so I'm intuitive. So do you see that at play anywhere? Oh, totally. Traveling places. I've learned to trust that you are, are going to get us somewhere when, when we're in a car or when we're on a journey together and I want the map and I want <laughs> the every single piece of information. And But you're like, you're just kind of gonna go where right. your intuition takes you I suppose well I'm and just you get thinking about that so true yes when we went to yeah. Ottawa last year 
you had out so I, you, <laughs> yes you had out your your phone and you had on there uh, a map I'm not sure who which one you were using but you were following like traffic patterns and <laughs> you had like where all the Starbucks were along the way like you had all those details as we were driving you knew what was around us you were like very like that concrete very um aware of the details around us where in my mind we were just on this road to ottawa and you know when we needed to stop we'd kind of there'd be a sign i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but it was different (laughs) and and that's where that can kind of get under my skin what i would think is well that's illogical what do you mean we'll know when we need to know kind of thing. (laughs) But what if we don't? What if we pass the last stop for three hours? (laughs) Right. And that was, that was what it was like. It was, it was um, interesting for me. And I've actually used that, that strength of yours myself recently, where I pulled up the, the map on, on the app and I looked at the traffic and what's the best way to go and, you know, where can we stop and get gas? Like I actually thought it through. So you've been a bit of an influence there for me. Well, and you know what I thought? It's funny that we share this story now, Sandy, because I thought about this story just the other day. That's funny. Because we're arranging to go to Ottawa again. And and it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, oh, my God, that must have driven Sandy crazy. Like, (laughs) And because I think we diverted. And I always try and beat the traffic, right? Oh, no, there's a big traffic jam. We've got to take these back roads. And I'm sure if you were driving, it would have just been like, oh, well, we'll know we're in a traffic jam. We'll kind of get there when we get there. And honestly, I don't know whether diverting from the traffic jam save us time or probably cost us time. So sometimes, sometimes it's just it's good just to kind of be a little bit a little bit more intuitive about these things and relaxed. And, well, it's true. There's and, no way to know whether you are saving no. time or not because you can only go one route. So yes, <laughs> you make your call. I I look at that in terms of the amiable style on the on the social styles, you know, what's most important for them is harmony. So like you said with the feelers, you know, just harmony and and benefits of the people around you is, is kind of the most important. And I found that's a piece where I have definitely tried to work on because I know I'm definitely, I'm so much an ESTJ, which is the profile type of, of Myers-Briggs, that I recognize that I, I, I do need to, adapt a few areas in order to work better with people. And and I'm okay with that because what trumps for me is I want to work well with team. Right. I, I know, you know that, yes. We both want the same things, but you come at it with a different value. So for you, it you come at it as I need to consider how people are feeling and, and be more sensitive to that because I want us to be able to work well together and you recognize rationally that's a way to do it. Whereas I come at it, I want the same thing, but I want it because I want us to have harmony. Yeah, right. And so we, we both want the team to work well together and and we adapt as necessary because we understand how different people work and think, but our, our reasoning for that is different. It's, I I find that fascinating, you know, that, that you you will 
you will do those things and consider how people feel because it's going to help you work more effectively. Whereas for me, it will help us work more harmoniously. Yeah, that's a that's a really good aha around the the kind of fundamental differences that are driving us to do it, but the outcome we still want is the same. The intention we still want is the same. Yeah. How have you noticed some of our differences then, Sandy? Uh, I think, well, the, I okay, the thing I think we work really well together is it's not a difference. It's one of the things that makes it easy for us to work together is we're both extroverted and we are both J's. So we both like to be organized. We both like to make decisions. We both like to have timelines and project plans and follow through on those things and and do what we say we're going to do. So I think that's a, a positive, you know. So there's differences. I think we know each other really well. The sensing and intuition, I think, is not really um, one that I've you know, other than in driving and in a few places I see it. But I think that our strengths are really aligned for the most part. And because I live with a thinker, I understand that side of you very well. Like I'm well versed in how that side of someone's personality manifests. (laughs) So so the list the list I emailed you yesterday. Right. Okay. I actually shared that with Brian and he (laughs) was like, wow, you must really enjoy working with Joanne. I was like, so Joanne and I had a a pre-podcast call and she sent me an email saying, these are the things that I want to talk about. And it was very direct. And there were a few things that, you know, we needed to clarify and it was great. It was really helpful. So I appreciated it. So I, I work on this, uh, a team of um, three, uh, there's four of us on this team, and I think I might be the only J on that team. Everybody else is perceiving, which means they like to keep things open-ended. They like to keep things very go with the flow. They don't really like to make decisions. And so for me, I feel like I'm very much the one who's always driving agendas and making lists and project plans and wanting to to move those things along. So it's interesting to me to uh, um, the dynamic that has and trying to be more adaptive in with people who aren't as much in need of agendas and planning. Yeah. <laughs> trying to say yeah. it nicely because I'm a feeler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so are they. <laughs> yes. Well, and so they What I you, really want right? to say is it's a pain in the ass sometimes <laughs> for me because I'd really like to just make a list and check it off. But that's not how they like to work. So I love the dynamics of how all of our different preferences interact. Someone being analytical but also having a bit more of a, a driving style, which could also be called a bit more of a command and control, not thinking about people, only interested in the end result, not interested in the process, whereas actually an analytical is more interested in in the process and making sure things are done accurately and deliberately. 
I guess for me, I like to say, this is what I like to say, I can deal with process. Like I, I have learned to accept how important process is. But if we keep flapping around and not making a decision, <laughs> then my driving style is going to come through and go, right, what are we doing? You know, let's make a decision. I can only talk about things and leave things open-ended for so long. Yes. I, so, so I like to be the chair of a meeting for that reason. Yes. Because yeah, I want to say, okay, so what have we decided? Yes. <laughs> but that goes to using your strengths, Sandy. Exactly. Using, using the strengths. You'd be a good party planner. Oh, yeah, I probably would be, except I'd want it to be a very small party. So not being as given to having huge groups of people around. So, But I do like and planning things for sure. I like event planning. I like to think through those things and what's needed and and make some decisions. Okay, so question for you. You know, we've talked about how we like assessments and personality assessments and what's good about them. Have you ever run into any place where they've actually not been helpful? When you're in a time of transition or or crisis or stress, I don't think they're necessarily helpful because you may not be acting or being in your preferred way and you may be acting totally the opposite. Right. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like um, being in the grip. Yeah. You're overcompensating for things because you're under stress or in, in huge crisis in your life. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think that's that's a great example. When when people are going through some kind of major change, I think the other place where I have seen assessments not very helpful is when people use them as an excuse oh. for not doing what what needs to be done. So when they just kind of say, "Well, you know, I'm whatever. I'm this type of personality, so I can't make decisions." or I'm this type of personality, so I'm unorganized or those kinds of things. Yeah. I find then then it's like um, I think your understanding and being self-aware, it's to help you learn how you need to find balance in your life or or find other people who can bring to the table what you can't bring to the table. Can't, yeah. Yes. Yeah, surround yourself with that diversity. And you're right, when they're used to pigeonhole people too. So, and <laughs> I live, at what I'm a little bit envious about, because I live in, uh, so my son's an extrovert, I am, my oh. husband is. We're, we're a family of interrupters because right. we just talk over each other. And so my daughter is an introvert. And it was really hard for her she never got a word in because nobody was pausing. We were just kept talking. And when there was a break, somebody, a little two seconds of silence, somebody jumped in. And if she was thinking about things, like she didn't get a chance. So I, I, could, I could see that playing out. Oh, okay. Where should we go to dinner? Oh, let's go here. No, I want to go here. Let's go here. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Right. Done. Right. And she'd be just like still thinking about what she wanted for dinner. You know, it was yeah. hard for her. Like I, I feel like when you're in a team if or in a family or whatever, any system you're a part of, if there's an imbalance in one way, it's really hard for the people who are not part of the norm 
you know, like yeah, on that true. team. I And I always say, so I love assessments, but they are only part of who you are. They don't tell you everything about who you are. So there's there's culture, there's values, there are other things that that also come into play beyond your assessment and your personality type. So they don't explain everything about a person, but they do give you some good insight into how you work and how you how you prefer or naturally default in a situation. Yeah, and I think it's just about awareness. So to me, awareness uh, creates power. You, you get the power then to decide. And for me, certainly on the Myers-Briggs assessment, I'm such a, a planner and an organizer, but then I have an out-of-preference of being pressure-prompted. Right. I'm the same. And again, I'm pressure-prompted too. And it's like, it's like I knew that anyway because of just the, the way I was, you know, last minute doing reports, last minute packing, last minute. But once I kind of was more aware of it, I was like, oh, now I get to choose whether I want to be pressure prompted. And that is just my default. So that's how I'm going to be anyway. For me, the biggest aha was when I am impacting other people with my pressure promptedness, that's not okay. So I need to be a bit more planful. So it's funny that we are both pressure prompted. <laughs> so maybe we just accept the last minute emails, you know, overnight and stuff. Yeah, well, I think it's, we... it's good because we, we are pressure prompted, but we are both J's. And we, so we yeah. liked closure. We, we don't want to keep these things hanging open indefinitely. We want to move forward with them. So yeah. I think that's the difference. So getting an email yesterday, you know that last night I was going to look at it and be ready for our call today. Yeah. So and whether I did it last night or not, didn't or or three days ago, it doesn't matter. It's just as long yeah. as I'm ready for today. Yeah, it 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 helped me work better with people in terms of okay, when I need information from others, think about it a little bit more in advance. Make sure I give the time, and then if I want to compile something last minute, then that's okay. It's yeah. good. So. Let's talk about now the difference between our personality styles and our strength, strengths assessment, Sandy, because I've also had some strengths assessments and I know speaking with other people in the industry, it, it, the jury's out, personality styles, strengths assessment, which is better. For me, I like to work with all of them. <laughs> I know, I'm the same. <laughs> so I've done the strength finder and yeah. I think it gives you your top five strengths and I can't remember what mine are. One of them is... Um, empathy one is input so I like to gather information I like I'm always like learning and and acquiring new information I like the strengths assessment I think it tells a person what they're good at I think the personality assessment is more about how you're going to work you know it tells you yeah. a little bit more about how you're going to work with other people it's it's more in it's more impactful in relationship the strengths assessment to me tells me a lot about who I am and what's important to me it's it, yeah. for me that's how I experienced anyway it's not it's um I, I guess you could build a team around different strengths but um I haven't worked with it in that way it's more self-awareness for me yeah 
the personality styles. I, I like to use it in a strength-based focus, I guess. Again, it's not about changing everything. It's not about me feeling bad because I'm not a feeler. I'm more of a thinker. It's how do I use that as a strength, but also how do I use the the understanding and knowledge about myself to build stronger and better relationships, I guess. I've used the skill f- skills finder, and surprise, surprise, I'm an arranger. <laughs> <laughs> And a communicator. <laughs> I like consistency, which is really interesting, right? I find that one really, really quite interesting. So, yeah, I I agree with the Strengths Finder. Even using that in some of my nonprofit work, it's it's about you know these this is what you're good at. Now, how can we build on that? How can we make sure that you are focusing on areas of work that use the strengths and as you said before engaging with those around you who may not who may have different strengths that that you don't and yeah and then the relational piece comes from the personality types yeah yeah so I think they're great I I'm all for assessments I think they're very helpful I'm developing an organizational health assessment right now with a team and we're looking at from not the individual perspective, but just from an organizational um, level as well. I think there's assessments that can be helpful there in, in identifying strengths and opportunities for for teams and organizations. But yeah, I like them. I, I mean, I'm I'm um, a sucker for them. I, I don't. If somebody tells me about a new assessment, I can barely wait to get home and look it up and try it because I yeah I, I love them. I think they they're really helpful for me yeah. and uh, and and like I said in relationships and in work so and I, I like the MBTI the best so for me um, it probably because I've used it the most I've known it for the longest time and it's so so ingrained in how I think that I just find myself almost automatically when I'm interacting with someone doing my own assessment on them and mm. thinking I wonder what type they are or this is clearly they're they're doing this because this is their preference and this is their type and i i just tend to think that way yeah i'm the same with the the social styles one you know and it it just it helps you be able to build a better relationship and work and and influence with others so it's been a great conversation about personality styles and as you can tell both sandy and i love them we love using them uh we have different tools that we use. Sandy uses MBTI. I use social styles. So feel free to get in touch through our website and we can hook you up if you're interested to learn more or connect you to other resources as well. So Sandy, what are we going to leave with today? Well, you know, we're all about reframing your life. And I think that one of the reasons we want to talk about personality types was because it's been a tool for us understanding our personality that has really helped us to reframe who we are and who the people we work and live with are in terms of our relationships and how they um, how, what their preferences are and their default personality styles are so 
if you are finding yourself in conflicts or um, challenging situations, I just encourage you to try to reframe it through the lens of personality type and see if there's a, something in there that's causing you to have the tension in your relationship. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our podcast today? If so, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or our Facebook page. For more information, visit our website, reframeyourlife.ca, and sign up for our newsletter.